0: It's been seven days since last week's pull. What will Batman do today? Will he be tangled with Bane or shall go? Will he know how to get away? Since the last pull I've been worrying my poor little eyes out, out And it's nothing but nothing but that the rat can cure It's bad Books for Beginners bad Books for Beginners, we know
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 183. Four My name is Jerry, and I'm Chris, and we're your hosts. On Bat Books for Beginners,
2: we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read.
1: Today's Bat book Chris and I are covering is Batman: The Black Glove. Chris, tell us a little bit about this book.
2: Thank you very much, Jerry. Hello, Batfans. Thank you very much for inviting us into your ears and letting us spend some time with you. <laughs> Batman the Black Love was initially released as a 176-page hardcover book that was cover price $24.99 that was published in September 2008. Then, as a trade paper back in 2009 that had a cover price of $17.99, and because you can't get enough of one thing, a, quote, deluxe hardcover edition was published in June 2012, yes, for (laughs) $29.29. And with that, what did you get? You got an additional reprinting of four more issues, the Batman and Son story arc that appeared in Batman numbers 655 through 658, which we previously covered, and you also got three more Grant Morrison Batman written issues Mm – In this particular episode, we're just going to cover the two reprinted stories that were contained in the first trade that reprinted the stories that originally first appeared in Batman Numbers 667 through 669 and Batman Numbers 672 through 675. These issues are considered the Batman R.I.P. or Batman Resident Peace prelude. The first story is entitled Batman of All Nations, and it was originally presented in Batman numbers 667 through 669. that were cover dated August through November 2007, and had a cover price of $2.99. Our second story is entitled The Third Batman, and that was originally printed in Batman numbers 672 through 675. Those issues were cover dated February 2008 through May 2008. Those individuals individual issues had a cover price of $2.99 as well. Astute listeners may note that I skipped out Batman number 670 <laughs> and 671. Those issues were the chapters of the Resurrection of the Ra's al Ghul story arc that Jerry and I covered in our last episode. And after painstakingly research, it does appear that all of the issues that we're going to cover today are available on Comixology. If you're interested in obtaining a hard copy, tangible version of this trade, online vendors appear to have the initial hardcover version of this for, at, or slightly less than cover price. That would be the route to go. We've mentioned the names of our creative talent with more depth in past episodes, but I'll give you who we have from my past notes, and some of these are from my memory and online resources. Our writer is Grant Morrison, who did both stories. Morrison is 58 years old, and he's a native of Glasgow, Scotland. My personal favorite Grant Morrison works are his run on Animal Man in the late 1980s and 90s, and the title All-Star Superman. I highly recommend both works if you're not familiar with them. More recently, Morrison is the co-creator of the sci-fi channel series Happy, starring Christopher Maloney and Pat Oswalt. The artist on the Batman of All Nations story is the Eisner and Harvey Award winning J.H. Williams III. According to his website, he grew up in the Bay Area of California. I think I first encountered Williams' work in the mid-90s on the miniseries Shade, which was a spinoff of the Starman title at the time. However, I don't think I really noticed his talent until I saw his stuff on the title Promethea, which was written by Alan Moore under the America's Best Comics imprint from Wildstorm. In more recent years, I enjoyed his work in unique panel layout with the Detective Comics and first volume of the Batwoman title. The artists on the third Batman story were Tony Daniel and Jonathan Clapion with the inks on the first two chapters, Sandro Floria did the inks on the third chapter, and Ryan Benjamin and Salim Crawford did the inks on the final chapter. By now, Daniel is no stranger to an artist on Batman with numerous credits. He also worked on Superman Wonder Woman and Deathstroke. You can find Daniel's recent... Work on the current covers of Batman at the time of this recording. And you can also find him on Twitter at Tony Daniel X or Times two. Tony Daniel X two. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's fair and necessary to provide some background with some of the characters we have in this book that Jerry's gonna mention. Grant Morrison does integrate a integrate a lot of moments and characters from the Silver Age Batman stories that some Batman fans may not be familiar with. Some of these stories have been collected and reprinted in a book, and more about that book later. In the first story, we have The Club of Heroes. A majority of these characters first appeared in Detective Comics number 215, cover dated January 1955, in a story called The Batman of All Nations. The Silver Age tale looked at different heroes from various countries. Our story here is a bit more modern and, fair to say, a bit more darker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The group includes the Knight and the Squire, who operate out of England. The group did get its own six-issue miniseries and a trade paperback about seven years ago. We also have the Musketeer, a hero from France, Native American Indian Man of Bats and his sidekick, Little Raven, the Wingman from Sweden, El Gaucho from Argentina, the Ranger and his sidekick, uh, Scout, and we have from Australia, those guys were there, and the legionary from Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that rounds out our group. We have an organization called the Black Love, a criminal organization that appears to be led by Dr. Simon Hurt. Hurt first appeared in Batman number 156, cover dated June 1963, in a story entitled Robin Dies at Dawn. In that story, Batman hallucinated Robin's death as a result of an isolation experiment. The character would be revived by Morrison and named... For the first time in Batman number 673, which we'll cover here, along with the uh, isolation experiment motif and the creating of three replacement Batman with the participation of the Gotham City PD, it has been speculated that the character Dr. Simon Hurt is implied to be the devil. I should also mention a villain called the Ten-Eyed Man for reference. The villain was first introduced in Batman number 226 from 1970. The character was Philip Reardon, who, as a result of an accident and a bit of wacky comic book science, had his optic nerves planted onto his fingertips. After a few appearances in the 1970s, the character was killed off in the 80s crisis event. A new version of the character would appear here that was introduced in issue number 30 of the 52 limited series, was an exiled member of a nomadic Saudi Arabian tribe that had eyes tattooed on their fingertips. Here he's liking one of his fingers, and he's a mercenary terrorist. Another c- version of the character did appear in the Batman Eternal miniseries, of note. Now over on Amazon.com, this book has a rating of 4 stars out of 5, based on 37 customer reviews. And on over on Goodreads.com, this book has a rating of 3.88 stars out of 5 based on 4715 ratings and 149 reviews. So, pretty close. Yeah. Ha uh-huh. ha. But the question remains, <laughs> what did Jerry and I think of this book? Hmm. Stay tuned, and with that, I shall turn it back over to you, Jerry.
1: Thanks, Chris. So, we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our friends.
3: Hello, I'm Pat Sampson, and I would like to invite you to join me on my podcast, The Longbox Crusade. On this podcast, I'm reading through my 20-plus longboxes that I have stored away in my basement. On each episode, I will select a random issue from my collection and take a very highbrow, thoughtful approach to examining these truly American art forms that help to shape our popular culture.
0: Oh, I like comics, too. Uh, can I get a comic out of my long box that syncs up with the month and year of the comic from your long box and chat about that, too? Oh, oh and video games. Can we talk about games? Or, or maybe James Bond, too. I love James Bond.
3: <sighs> Fine. Jared Elbrick, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist, we can add some of your comics and enthusiasm to the show. It might help get a deeper introspection of...
0: Did someone say James
1: Bond? I love James Bond, and I love comics too. I can bring a comic from my long box to sync up with you guys. I also love movies and music, even news stories that tie into the time period that match the comic books we review.
3: Uh, This is what I get for inviting both the Albrecht brothers into my show. Jason, how the heck can we fit all that into my deeply intellectual review of... Well, you know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's cram it all into one podcast. Join us on the Longbox Crusade, folks. We'll bounce around in time from issue to issue, pulled randomly from my longboxes, and the Alpert brothers will bring along issues with the same month and year cover date. We'll talk about the comics and the time period they come from, including
0: world news of that time, top forty music chart toppers,
3: movies, both good and bad, maybe even some favorite recipes.
0: Whatever I think is funny. We'll probably
1: have to suffer through things that Jared thinks are funny.
3: We'll jam it all into one pop culture extravaganza examining the comics in my long box and the time period surrounding them. Join us for a wild ride through time on the Long Box Crusade podcast as we attempt to read them all. What's in your long box? Welcome
1: back. Here is the story of Batman the Black Glove. Batman and Robin travel to a private Caribbean island of John Mayhew, the mega rich reclusive adventurer.
2: What could possibly go wrong?
1: Nothing. Absolutely (laughs) not. It should be fine. Nice day on the beach. Yeah. Not so much. They are there to meet up with the argumentative club of heroes, which consists of the knight and female squire, the Roman-styled legionary who is now extremely out of shape, the Native American man of bats, Raven Red, who used to be known as Little Raven, Wingman, the helmeted Dark Ranger, and the Argentine hero, Gaucho. The team had been brought together uh, by Mayhew, who also funded their do-goodery. But they broke up because the first knight figured out that Mayhew killed his wife. That tends to be a problem. Mayhew, however, is nowhere to be found on the island. They play a video that shows a man that calls himself the Black Glove who is wearing the skin of John Mayhew, Buffalo Bill style. He says that they must solve the murder of John Mayhew and that they will all be killed. The transportation that they came with is exploded, so they are trapped on the island. The legionary is stabbed in the back 23 times like Julius Caesar. The knight is forced to swallow a bomb, which is how his father, the original knight, was killed. They cut him open and remove the bomb. Wingman is killed, and the body is, I don't know, kind of dissolved. Uh, Robin and the squire find a secret door. The others hear a voice that says, I have your children, and they wonder if they mean Robin and the squire. A man in a business suit and a luchador mask has tied up Robin and the Squire and also has Raven Red dangling over a piranha tank. He calls himself El Sombrero. Man of Bats shows up and saves them. Batman realizes that the person in the Dark Ranger suit is really Wingman. They fight. Gaucho saves Batman. El Sombrero takes off in a plane. Batman follows him in a jetpack. Batman boards the plane, and El Sombrero is revealed to be John Mayhew. Mayhew blows up the plane, and uh, at least one of them, maybe both of them, parachute out into the sea. Explosions happen all over the island, and the remaining heroes take a plane off the island. In in Gotham, a steampunky Batman-looking guy called The Third Man invades the GCPD looking for Vane. He takes Gordon hostage. Bruce Wayne and Jezebel Jet are making a splash on the celebrity relationship circuit. There are rumors that they are getting engaged. Bruce considers it just a, a cover for his Batmanning. He and Jet are in the air parachuting off a hot air balloon when Bruce sees the bat signal. He pretends to overshoot the landing zone and Batman heads to GCPD headquarters. Batman and the Third Man Fight Gordon is shot with a special exploding gun thing. Batman is shot with it too in the chest, and he has a heart attack. While unconscious, Batman sees Batmite. Bruce has experience shutting down his body in a death-like state when he needs to save his life in just such a circumstance. When in this state, he remembers his past, his parents' death and catching up to Joe Chill, his parents' funeral, falling down the well into the Batcave. Batman emerges from his meditation. He's been brought back by the third man but is tied up. He realizes that this is one of the cops he had trained long ago. He blacks out again and imagines he hangs up his cape and cowl. He remembers that the man who helped him through a previous sensory deprivation experiment was one, Dr. Hurt. Hurt turned the cops Batman trained into hidden Batmen that would get turned on periodically. Gordon wakes up and realizes that Batman has been taken to the basement and heads down to save him. So Batman is tied to a chair. He dislocates his shoulder and pulls his arm out of his bindings. The two fight. One of the GCPD cops gets in and shoots the third man through the head. Later at a Gotham, Gotham restaurant, Jezebel jet breaks up with Bruce because he doesn't seem that into her, but a waiter is killed at their table. The killer is a blindfolded man with eyes on his fingers, known as the Ten-Eyed Man. Though he's missing one middle finger, so maybe <laughs> he's the Nine-Eyed Man.
0: <laughs> oh, mercy. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. He takes Bruce and Jezebel away, and uh, I, he had been exiled from Jet's country. In their snowy mountain hideout, Talia al Ghul and Damien talk about Bruce and Jezebel. They hear Bruce has been kidnapped and head out to help. Robin and Nightwing invade the restaurant looking for Bruce. Bruce gets away and Batman's up. He defeats Nine-Eyed Man or Ten-Eyed Man or whoever he is. Jezebel sees and realizes that Bruce is Batman. The end. So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for the story after these words from some of our friends.
3: Warlord Worlds,
2: a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, Star Slayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren.
0: And I'm Ruth.
2: We hope you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many
0: excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell.
2: Warlord Worlds is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher.
0: Find us at warlordworlds.com.
1: Welcome back. So, Chris, what did you think about this story?
2: Jerry, the first story had the feel of Agatha Christie's uh work and then there were none and you know that you can uh, the uh, play ten little indians okay. i usually like stories that reference or shout out and give nods to old silver age stories but i, I really have to think that some fans will be lost here mm-hmm. i mentioned a book earlier which i think is almost needed for a reader to get what is referenced in the batman Wars- morrison written stories It's a trade paperback called batman the black case book and it came out in 2009 which reprinted a fair amount if not all of the golden age stories that Morrison's references in his works. I think this is going to really greatly enhance your read of this particular story. What's weird about uh, that particular trade though, I uh, researching for the show, I was shocked that the cost is very very expensive though mm-hmm. for that trade paperback. I was I was I was really surprised. Uh And I think that it's almost pricing itself to the point of not being worth the investment. That said, I just happened upon my local comic shop yesterday and is recording this free comic book day was yesterday, and I happened to see a copy sitting on the shelf at cover price. If you're shrewd and if you can go into a Woolstock comic store, uh, Batman the Black Casebook might be worth a peek and just something to pick up. I did see one online vendor – I believe it was MyComicShop.com. It had it for around cover price. I don't know of the condition of the book, but... By and large, uh, some of the copies of that book went into the three-figure mark, and I wow. thought that was just really, really uh, exorbitant yeah. for, for, for for any Batman book, uh, just to reference and just to enjoy a story better. These are just basically Golden Age reprints. I, I don't know why the I would think if this this had subsequent printings, but I just couldn't uh, ascertain why this was so expensive. Hmm. Uh, the artwork I thought was really good. Uh, the the J.H. Williams stuff, the page and the panel and notes were outstanding. The story titles on each Each one of these books that Williams did were placed in unique places on each of his issues, and they were really treats, and uh, treats to the eyes for the reader. Those were my initial impressions. Uh, We'll do a little more deep dive in this. What was your initial take on this?
1: So there was a lot of the um, visual style of this book was very, very creative. I thought, you know, there was when they did flashbacks, they used that kind of old-fashioned comic book style. Um, There were interesting panel and page layouts where things are, you know, action is taking place inside, for example, uh, the shape of a bat, you know, it's a, it would be a two page spread and, you know, there's a bat, um, on the page. And then the action is happening within this bat really interesting, you know, inventive, uh, layout. However, I found that I, and maybe you can tell by the synopsis I put together, I read this several times and I have an awful number of questions still about kind of basic things that just happened in the book. Um, if I found it very confusing read, um, I know that folks, you know, when you were talking about how this book was rated by other people, they rated very, very highly. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, um, I don't have the background with this, uh, this club of heroes, uh, folks, but you know, I read a lot of Batman. I can roll with uh, with those punches. Yeah.
2: Jerry, you know, I, to, to be honest, though, you aren't alone. If you go over to Goodreads. com, you'll see many uh, reviews are were in the same boat with okay. you. They, they, they did find it as a as a confusing read. Mm. Don't so maybe, uh, don't, don't let necessarily the rating throw you. Okay. It's it's a little tough to see where Morrison was coming in at mm. this, and I, I don't know. I think this the book could have done itself a huge service with a preface of Mm -hmm. of, uh, just a page of what Morrison was going for. I I subsequently, in researching for this particular episode, I did find a quote with an interview with what he was thinking of his plan for Club of Heroes, and he said, quote, it was kind of neat looking at what could go wrong with Batman. Mm -hmm. You have an Italian guy who was a Victor Mature type film hero, and he's Mm -hmm. become this big fat guy who loves eating and... He trades yeah. on his past glories as legionary. The knight and squire are still active, but it's a grown-up squire, and the knight has his own squire now. Right. The gaucho has become a serious Argentine superhero who row real-respective. He's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Wingman, who is Batman uh, who Batman has trained in the mm-hmm. past, is now really pissed off and doesn't want to admit that Batman ever trained him because he wants to make his own way. And that was from, uh, quote, Morrison said in 2007. Mm-hmm. So – I, I like that, but I just don't know if if how it's presented here, the audience can grasp all what's happening yeah. here, Uh which is which was tough, and I, I was really really at a quandary. Did you did the second story do anything more for you, or did you like one story more than another, or were both of them sort of a mixed bag?
1: You know, I think the the second story I think was a little more. It, it was again confusing the way it was set up. You know, he's having these flashbacks, he's having flashbacks to times he was having other flashbacks, you know, he was inventing things that didn't happen. And I think it was a little tricky to read, but a little, you could get through it. You could figure out what was happening and it was, you know, you could dig in and get a satisfying read out of it. The problem I had with the first story is not really has nothing to do with the confusion of who are these people. I thought he, I thought that was handled really well the mm-hmm. problem that i had was like okay they destroyed all the planes on the island how did they get off in a plane mm. when when the plane exploded did one parachute come out or both parachutes come out uh you know it's just like the real nuts and bolts over what happened in the story that i found mm. to be lacking
2: yeah there were some panels where you were kind of left dangling as to what what action transpired, and it yes. wasn't necessarily clear. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a conflict between uh, how the script was presented to Williams or or if it was Williams' interpretation mm-hmm. to convey what Morrison wrote. I guess we'll never know, but it mm-hmm. it certainly did present a challenge uh, as a reader.
1: Yeah. How about yourself? Did you like one or the other of these stories better?
2: I, I was initially more engrossed in the first story, I confess, because – I, I kind of like the premise. Oh, look! It's a, it's a Ten Little Indians take with Batman in it, sure. you know. And we've got the we got the island setting, and they're trapped there, and they're getting plucked off one by one. And who who's 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 going to be the big bad reveal? Mm-hmm. That said, I, I consider myself a fan of 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 the nods to old tales there, but I, I just thought something just didn't quite click for me and I, I should have enjoyed this much more the second story included batmite and i thought how yeah. cool would it be to incorporate batmite into a present-day <laughs> gotham uh, batman story with it be ta- being taken seriously yeah. and i i thought uh, that was neat but somehow i just don't think it was quite as executed and as fulfilling of a read as the first
1: story was mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there was as much to it, although, you know, there is that big surprise when Jezebel Jett realizes that Bruce is Batman. Yes. That was kind of neat um where what will happen how
2: <laughs> yes well yeah, long time readers know what what how this will kind of play out, so i, don't, I would I don't want to spoil a future episode, but yeah, yeah that that was good on, on how that was executed, and it, it did leave with something of a cliffhanger, so you you would want to uh, certainly see where the story goes from there yeah. uh, I'm not sure if I favored Daniel's artwork over williams yeah. I, I like how he. Drew Batmite in a way that wasn't kind of creepy, kind of eerie, yeah. but not, not, not too cartoony. It's Still recognizable.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought that the uh, the art in both cases, you know, different, but both very interesting. And I think particularly in the in the first story case, um, just the the inventiveness of the panels and page layouts, I think was was really excellent.
2: Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything more in my notes on this. I thought Batman. You know, said things that were very Batman esque. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we've we've got to play with the other heroes and the sidekicks. We see we see how time hasn't kindly treated some of these characters, yes. which which I guess and I think that's a little uh, fair if not sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I really don't. I would say for
1: myself, you know, even as somebody coming in without being familiar with these characters, I think the um, exposition and the um, discussion of their relationship and the the history of this club, I thought it was perfectly understandable. It took a little work, you know, figuring out who was who, and oh yeah, that must be this person, and but um, I I think uh, Morrison and uh, and team did a great job at that part of it.
2: It was just the plot
1: that I had a problem with.
2: Right, and I do like Knight and Squire. I especially oh, yeah. like Squire. I thought she was a really great character, great yeah, female right. character who holds her own. And uh, we sort of had an unusual cliffhanger where they're they're holding things to keep the one character suspended up before he <laughs> falls into <laughs> so, to the bat. Yeah, so that, I thought that was a, a, a very
1: clever little death trap there, right. which which how it worked. Oh, um, and. Uh, but, uh, Red Raven. I guess yes. the original name was Little Raven, and everybody <laughs> keeps calling him Little Raven. He's like, "No, I'm not Little Raven. I'm Red Raven." <laughs> yeah, it was so were, so yeah.
2: So there was, yeah. So those, so they did have some moments with the humor. I Definitely. think that kind of kind of made me like the first story a little, initially a little bit better. Wow, uh, we're covering a lot of ground really fast, but I don't know if I've got any more
1: in my notes to say about this. Okay. So, would you? How would you rate this? Would you recommend it? What do you think?
2: Jerry, this is very, very tough, and, and I'm going to cheat. I'll admit it up front because I, I'm charged with uh, being on a podcast called Bad Books for Beginners," mm-hmm. and I have to put this in a way. And I, I'm certainly I don't I don't mean to come off as a, like a, somebody talking down to a listener, mm-hmm. saying, "Well, if it's Grant Morrison, you must obviously like it," sure. you know, and what have you. I'm, I'm going to cheat and, and, and put this out there with a bit of a caveat. Uh, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five, but Mm -hmm. I really think you'd almost – to really help you, you'd you'd almost want that – to give that black casebook and use that as a reference. Mm -hmm. And I have some reservations because I know it may not be readily available to where you live or if you can find it online or if you can find some, some source out there that reprints those initial stories. Now, having the black casebook may not be absolutely necessary, but I think it would definitely help and enhance your reading experience of this particular volume. Mm-hmm. So, I am going to give it some reservations. I am going to give it three and a half out of five. Am I going to recommend it? Yes. Am I going to say it? it's a must read? I am going to say yes, but I have very, very, very strong reservations mm-hmm. with my, with my, uh, rating on this I am conflicted if you can't tell by the trouble <laughs> of my voice so that's where I landed on this how about you
1: yeah so I think I'm going to be um, I'm going to cheat but on the other side so I'm going to uh, give this uh, two and a half uh, batarangs which is much less than than you're giving it and but I think that this this story could I there are people that would really like this story um, just it's not for me um, uh, there is this deep dive into bat history that, you know, definitely if you're a beginner, you would not would not know about. But I think it's reasonably laid out so that you – that's not the problem that I had with this story. Um, and I think if you are somebody that is interested in those kind of, you know, older Batman stories, older team-ups, which there are many, I think that this is maybe a good way to get interested in those. But the reason I'm giving it the hit is that the um, particularly – the, um, uh, the Black Love, the beginning story, it just, um, I had plot issues with it. I just, uh, maybe it was because it was just so much work not being familiar with this, um, uh, this club of heroes.
2: Uh, and they characters. don't give you much, and, and I don't think Morrison gives you a lot of background per se.
1: Yeah. I, I think he
2: really gives yeah. you just the minimum you need, mm-hmm. but, but really nothing more. Sure. And I, I, I think that does, does some readers some disservice there.
1: Yeah. So it was a little, it was a lot of work just to keep, through that, and then to add on top of it, plot issues—that just was more work than I really felt like it was paying off. Like you, I—I I immediately recognized this as, you know, and then there were none. Um, and which is a uh, a book and a movie, you know, an old movie that I really love. Um, yeah, and a
2: play. I was in the play back oh, in the were day you too. you really? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. So it was, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, that's
1: it's a good ho- show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a It's a terrific show. Uh, who'd you play? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't even remember it's yeah. been so long <laughs> I just remember Barry Fitzgerald and it he was terrific, oh he yeah, was so good good, 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 yeah, good call there, yeah, so I would say two and a half batarangs but but again, with the opposite um reservations than you have, I think that there are people out here that would love this story and obviously are um but it just wasn't for me. um, is it a must read, ma'am? well, let's see they're they're setting up for r. I, um r i p right. Yes. So maybe, you know, we're getting close to that. So maybe if you're, you know, getting kind of familiar with uh, that, the, um, you know, what's going on in the Bat world, maybe you'd want to read this. Um, but, you know, I, for me, if you're, if, if I was to re- recommend this to myself, I would not. <laughs> so, but some fair point. Might. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So now Bat Books for Beginners is part of the BatmanUniverse.net network of podcasts. We offer all the Batman-based weekly comic book reviews, news, and some great podcasts, including the flagship comic podcast. Everyone loves the Drake, Batgirl, to Oracle, and many more. If you like what we offer, please consider donating to us at the TBU Patreon account. You can find a link to our Patreon account on the BatmanUniverse.net website. Now, Chris, we have a little project that we're working on, actually, in just a few minutes.
2: Yes, how about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, Please don't forget to check out uh, Chris and I on our brand new podcast, The Professor Frenzy Show. Episode one will be up by the time you hear this. So go out to your iTunes uh, search wherever you uh, listen to your podcast and uh, look for The Professor Frenzy Show. And you can hear Chris and I talk about some indie comics. So we're all excited about that. Definitely. Yeah. Now, Chris, you also do – I mentioned Batgirl to Oracle. Um, You do some reviews uh, over there, don't you?
2: Yeah. Thanks very much, Jerry. I review the Batman Adventures title, which was a 90s comic book based on the 90s animated series of Batman, which I'm having a lot of fun with on Stella's show. Pretty soon – the, you're going to have a new title called Batman uh, Archie Meets Batman 66. It's yes. going to be a six-issue limited series. I also am going to cover that. I also have a segment within a segment on the show called Night Watch, where I do a quick shipper <laughs> look at the Nightwing title to see if there's any shipper things going along with uh, Nightwing mm-hmm. because I think that's something that uh, interests Stella and interests myself. Right. So I have a lot of fun. And you can also find me on the handle at B2 on Books on Twitter. Yes. So please give me a uh, uh, peek at me and uh follow me there on twitter where i can uh, tweet batman or nostalgia related things. <laughs> Jerry, stuff. you mentioned the batmanuniverse.net. Now right. could listeners possibly find some excellent written reviews provided wow.
1: From you, my friend. Yes, I, they sure can. Uh, I've been reviewing Batgirl and uh, Birds of Prey, which is coming to an end, unfortunately. But I bet
2: is something going to take its place then?
1: Yes, something will. I'm going to be starting in July. I'm going to be working on uh, Catwoman. So that wow. book, I'm really excited about that. Joel I, Jones, right? Yes. It should be. Yeah. I, I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to yeah. see what they do.
2: I think that's going to come out July 4th, same same day as Batman 50, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that'll be the that's the wedding. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So I'm also um, reviewing Batgirl, which I'm having a lot of fun doing as well.
2: Yeah, and I, I know a lot of fans have uh, just, said they really like your stuff with bad oh. Girl too. So oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they, 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 you know, it's, it's really appreciated that, uh, we, we get to see your written stuff
1: over there on that particular oh, book. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's good stuff. It's uh, there's a lot of good stuff going out in DC these days. Uh, I also do reviews. Um, I, uh, 280 character reviews on Twitter. So you can catch me at professor frenzy out on Twitter where I cover my favorite DC books. I cover indie books, you know, talk about what I picked up that week. I talk about Dark Shadows. I live tweet horror movies uh, with Chris and uh, the other Sven pals on the hashtag SpenGhulie out on Twitter, so which I is a
2: lot cool. of fun. Yeah, oh, we so also get fun. involved with uh, Wonder Woman beforehand, uh, some Batman afterward too. Yeah. Uh, do, do you hang around for Star Trek, or is that a little too late? Or I watch
1: it, but I'm usually fading by Star Trek.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I am too. I'll I, I kind of like other people's tweets, or yeah. maybe once in a while I might get in on that, but usually. Batman is where I tend to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff. I book in. I book in Sven Gulli with uh, Wonder Woman and Batman.
1: That's yeah. I wish I could stay up for Cold Check, but I just can't.
2: I did last night. Did uh, you? Good, good episode. Of, yeah, it was the Nightly Murders. Uh, one of okay. one of my favorite episodes as a kid. Yeah. So that was. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Exciting.
1: Yeah. So now we also um, we also listen to a lot of other podcasts. Uh, one of the ones that I listen to regularly is Cosmic Treadmill and Weird Comics History with uh, Chris at Ace Comics and uh, Reggie at Reggie Reggie. So they discuss classic comics. They do great detail. They have voices. It's just a real terrific show that I, I think we both listen to and recommend to folks.
2: Yeah, it's a good, good, good listen all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also, of course, we also listen to whatever the Sutherland's put out. Uh, they do Warlord Worlds, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Trekker Talks, Sensational Sleuths, Fantastic Fantasies, um, <laughs> Convention Correspondence. Is anyone right. too?
2: Yeah, right. uh, recently dropped uh, their second episode
1: with that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was terrific. I uh, checked that out. Now we also listen to uh, Randy Andrews has a couple of podcasts: Soundtrack Alley and Gen Thirteen. Uh, Soundtrack Alley, he goes through obviously soundtracks from some of his old, uh, favorite, uh, movies. And that's always a lot of fun. Uh, I've been listening to Coffee and Comics with Clinton Robeson, which we, uh, with Clinton's a great guy. He's often out on the, uh, night. So we get to talk to him periodically when he comes out. Mm -hmm. Now I've been listening. Uh, to Longbox Crusade, and I know you have too. And I recently did with with those guys, Pat, Jason, and Jared. I uh, they also do a podcast called Saturday Matinee Theater which uh, I got to do a, a guest spot on.
2: Jerry, you were great. great. I heard thank you this you. morning. I think the episode dropped uh, yesterday or the day before, and I finally got to it this morning before we started recording. You were fantastic. Oh, so, you. yeah, I want to give that a plug. I'm glad you mentioned it because Saturday Man in a Theater. Now, these are episodes you can see on YouTube mm-hmm. of the old Sherlock Holmes yes. TV series from the 50s. Am I correct?
1: You are, and, boy, are they good. You can see them on YouTube. I can't believe that I never knew about them
2: yeah same here and uh, you had some really great insightful comments, you. and you just were an excellent guest and uh i I was a it was really good to hear you on that show, my friend. well,
1: thank you. I mean you know Pat Jason and Jared they're just great great bunch of guys, and they're so much fun and just very you know make it an easy uh an easy time to be a guest on their show, and just their shows are always great to listen to they're a, they're a good bunch of fellas absolutely. Now, I've been listening to Wonder Woman Warrior for Peace, which is a, a Wonder Woman kind of multimedia <laughs> review program, which I love. They talk about comics from the Silver Age, from the, um, the you know different the different ages of the comic books, but then they also talk about the show. I mean, it's a really terrific one.
2: Yeah, Angela does that show, and I'm going to give Angela a little flack. She's a little late with this episode. Angela, where's the current one? I'm sorry. Okay, I apologize.
1: Your fans want you.
2: Yes. That said, though, Angela, is, as far as podcasts of this nature go, Angela is very consistent, and for all the content and quality of the show itself, she does an excellent job. definitely. Definitely.
1: Another one uh, I'm listening to is Parlopod with Dave Schultz and John Benedict, where they give very honest <laughs> and heartfelt reviews of things that are going on in the comic book world. And, uh, boy, they don't pull any punches over there.
2: No pulling put up of punches, but I gotta give those guys credit. Uh, they come out swinging, but at the end of the day, they're shaking hands when the, oh, when yes. the dust is clear. And if they disagree, you know, <laughs> give each other a hard time. Some witty banter, as they say, between For the two sure, guys. guys. But – Two nice fellows who are passionate about comic books and what you more could you want from a show with some honest with some honesty with respect to uh books and, and stuff. They they covered just the day of the show. I mean, right at that Wednesday. You can you can find that episode drop and uh it's a good. you want to listen to that before you hit the comic book store. For sure. Definitely.
1: Yep. And then the other one I've been listening to is Monster Kid Radio, which uh, from uh, it talks about uh, old classic and not so classic movies from genre cinema from yesteryear. And, you know, they're always I think this this month is uh, a Lucha de Mayo, they're calling it, which it's uh, they're talking about um, those Mexican luchador horror movies. Oh wow. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of them and they're supposedly I haven't I've never seen any of them, but they're supposedly terrific. So, um if you have any interest in that, go over and check out Monster Kid Radio. It's a lot of fun.
2: I always learning something new. That's Absolutely. cool. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Jerry, we got some
2: comments, you you know, and I feel really, yeah, I feel really bad because, uh, one of our comments came from quite a while ago and it was just brought to my attention last night. So I really feel bad about this. So this was from Stephanie Mounts and I got to give her a shot because you can hear her right now filling in for Stella this summer while Stella's on sabbatical. She's over on the Batman Universe Comics podcast. So she did an excellent job filling in for Stella on the most recent episode. So I kudos to her. I thought she really did a good job. She was holding her own. She asked some really insightful questions. So please give that podcast a listen.
0: Definitely.
2: But Stephanie wrote in way back on episode 173, and that was quite a while ago, and for that I apologize. Uh, Stephanie, in in our defense, she said, well, you, you may not have seen it because this might have been in comment jail before it was posted, uh-huh. and uh, we had to wait for moderator approval before it got on, on the board. But I did look at it, so I'm going to read it as follows. Right. Chris and Jerry. I really like what you guys are doing with Bat Books for Beginners. I must confess, when I posted on the Batman Comics podcast a while back that I was plowing through Bat Books for Beginners, I hadn't quite gotten to your run yet. So I was a little embarrassed when you brought it up on the podcast a few weeks ago. (laughs) I must also confess, when I finally got to you, I was full of trepidation. Chris seemed a little too knowledgeable for his own good, and I worried that, <laughs> and I worried that the accessibility of the show for beginners would be lost. Mm-hmm. But then, Chris, you told a story about how, when you started reading comics, the know-it-alls made you, <laughs> made you too scared to ask questions and mm-hmm. talk to them about comic books, and you never wanted to be like that. Mm-hmm. That really won me over. Now, when I listen, I wait eagerly to hear all the little facts and tidbits that uh, you tell about the trade we're about to hear about: smiley emoji. I also almost lost it during last week's episode when you recommended Christie's Cattails. I love that metafiction. I'm currently on my second read-through of the saga, and I ardently wish that there was a comic book based on her stories. Mm -hmm. They are so full of character and comedy, but they also tug at your heartstrings enough to keep you hooked on the story. Mm -hmm. Yes, side note – Christie's Cattails. Check that out. You can find that online. A quick plug for that. But yeah, I'm so glad that uh, you found that. Those are some great, great stories. She goes on to say, Jerry, I must also give you kudos. Your summaries are so eloquently delivered. Uh I enjoyed listening to you immensely. They contain just enough drama and humor. You two really do a good job of thoroughly and succinctly summarizing and reviewing the story. And I appreciate that you give your honest thought out opinions instead of fawning over it while overlooking its flaws mm. or ripping it to shreds like jaded <laughs> negative Nancy's. <laughs> I hope you two continue for a long time. Signed Stephanie mounts. Well, Stephanie, nice. thank you so much for that. was very nice of you to say, I, I really can't thank you enough for bringing this to attention and welcome to the TBU. We really yes. appreciate all the contributions that you've done with the Batman universe website. You've, uh, You've all made us uh, kind of – I don't want to say up our game, but you've you've brought a lot to the table with uh, how you think and what you're doing. So uh, we really can't thank you enough. Now, we also got some other comments on Twitter. We also heard from the Longbox Crusade. Another great episode. Thanks for the Comics for Courage promo play and the shout-outs. Yeah, we also love the BTO parody song. (laughs) Waiting for the Let It Roll parody for Chris. That was good. We also got a comment from Trekker Talk. That'd be Darren and Ruth Sutherland. She says, and Darren, and Ruth go on to say, excuse me, so excited for your new show, guys! Wow, enthusiastic wow. agreement between Chris and Jerry about this story. That was the one uh, resurrection for Shah Ghoul. Right. I definitely need to check it out. She also went, Darren and Ruth also went on to say, I keep thinking it was Ruth who wrote this for some reason. Terrific to hear the great email from the lovely Laurel at Mount Flower One. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the controversy ensues as Chris and Jerry discuss their ideal at hashtag at <laughs> family. Yeah, so we did get some feedback with that and. Um. Uh, and the last that last episode, we put that out there. We wanted people to use the hashtag on Twitter, my Bat Family, to mm-hmm. say what they thought their core Batman family was. And we heard from Ian Miller, mm-hmm. who said, "My core Bat Family is Steph, <laughs> just, everyone else." <laughs> that was the
1: least surprising thing I heard yes. all day.
2: Yes, wink emoji. Just kidding. I think <laughs> the core family is roles, not characters. Mm-hmm. So Ian's family, he chooses Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the butler and father, Robin is the son, Batgirl daughter in law. So whoever the core is rotates. Mm-hmm. Hey, we also heard from good friend of the show, Randy Andrews, who does Soundtrack Alley and the Gen 13 files. Randy's picks were Bruce, Alfred, Dick, Barbara, Damien, Selena, and Helena.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
2: also goes on to say thanks to BTO and Bat Books and Professor Friendsley for getting this awesome thing out. Well, thank you, oh, Randy. We really okay. appreciate that. Now, new friend of the show, Green Lantern HG, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome guy on Twitter. Yeah. I can't, yeah. For, what a pal. Yeah. He played along with us, and he said his core Bat family is Bruce, Damien, mm-hmm. Tim, Alfred, Selena, Dick, Barbara. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> also wow. heard from somebody who goes by the name of Male Sleuth at T O T I O C O Y on Twitter. Now, his core is Batman, Alfred, Catwoman, James Gordon, Ooh. any current Robin, and even the pre-Two-Face Harvey Dent.
1: Oh, Interesting. That's very
2: interesting. Second, yeah, you know, that's. I, I, I like when somebody you know throws throws a name out there that I didn't consider. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's really good. His secondary would be Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, Red Robin, and Batwoman. Hmm. I, oh. I can see that. Yeah. Yep. Uh tishiary, Batwing, Spoiler, Cassandra, Azrael, Leslie Tompkins, Bullock, and Montoya. Hmm. I got to give this. Uh, male Sleuth credit because they they really went down the line and I really like how they put everyone in, in a slot on this one yeah. and those, there were some there were some good core characters that I you know with with uh, Batwing and mm-hmm. uh, Jason I, I really see where this guy's coming from sure. uh, thank you thank you very much for tweeting that out Leslie and, Tompkins,
1: uh, good call yes
2: good call absolutely also heard from Alan Milton <laughs> Professor Alan yeah. over on Twitter I want to give yeah and let me take a break here well, I want to give a shout out to for Professor sure. Alan yeah, he's over at the Relatively Geeky Network, mm-hmm. and he he puts together a fine, fine list of podcasts. And if you're not listening to them, do yourself a favor. Go check out the Relatively Geeky Network and Professor mm-hmm. Allen. And he does the shows Quarter Bin Podcast, The Short Box Showcase, the Comics Reading Journal, and with his daughter, M, they do From Darkness to Light. And I really love all of those shows. That, they are right. really, really yeah, a good old Professor Allen with his quarter band. Yes, yeah, I, I, I like a guy who takes those wins for a quarter and just, just fine listens. Fine, fine, fine shows. So thank you, Professor Allen. Yes. He says that his bat family inclu- includes both uh, Selena. And Helena Bertinelli. Mm. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. So thank you. It's still not too late. If you haven't done so already, you can always take to Twitter and Absolutely. hashtag my, yeah, my, my bad family and we'll be looking for those tweets. So keep them coming guys.
0: Thank hey, and we everyone. really
2: didn't get any pushback or arguments from anybody either. I thought that was really fun. Everybody yeah. was playing it really nice and I, I can't thank everybody enough for who participated so far. Jerry, I want to give some likes and retweets out if I can before we go. You betcha. Great. Okay. Got another long list, so here we go. We got likes and retweets from our last episode from Jake and Tom Conker at The Drunken Dork, Nola Italia at Nola Italia, Mm -hmm. ITG Blogcast and Mm -hmm. ITG Blogcast. Hey, thank you very much, Mark. Mark chimed in, yeah. We also heard from a friend, Brian Mulvey at Bri underscore Reno. Warlord Worlds at Warlord Worlds, Trekker Talk at Trekker Talk, Xenozoic Xenophiles at Xenozoic Xenophile. Thank you, Darren and Ruth Soland. Also heard from Comic Central. Or excuse me at Comic Central, and their handle is Comic Central is the place for indie comics. Mm. So check those guys out. They're over at Comic Central. Ian Miller at IBM Miller. Uh, Paul Shanley at Paul Shanley. You can check him out on the Universe.net with his great reviews. Yep. Cristado is at Cristado So one, hey, <laughs> I think. <it's laughs> Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. Nice guy on Twitter, yes. Dustin Frischel at Bearded Bad Chief. Thank you very much. Dustin, Jody Yerden at Regal Fan, thank mm-hmm. you very much. Also heard from huge fan of the show, Iyer at Pyer mm-hmm. who gave us some great shout-outs and retweets, yeah, and we great. can't thank you enough. Yeah, we really sincerely appreciate it. Secret Wars and Beyond at Sean Forty Two A Z, Coffee and Comics at the Coffee and Comics blog. Thank you very much, Clinton. Yeah, Jamora at J H I Brito Ten, Lisa Ann at I Love Saint Trinians, Parlapod at Parlapod. Reggie Reggie at Reggie Reggie. Longbox Crusade at Longbox Crusade. Dark Knight Minute at Dark Knight Min, Lava Hog at Lava Hog. Lobo Black Wolf at Lobo 33. Jeff Hunter at Jeff JeffHun34911855. Uh, Claret at Eileen McGreevy. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Andrea Rickey at underscore Andrea underscore Rika, The 202 New Podcast at Two Two New. Scott X at The Mind of Scott X. The Batman Universe at Batman Universe. And... Tim Drake podcast at E L T D podcast, which I that oh, last show just dropped yes. with their Oh, and it was it was brilliant. I was. We should away. plug that. Yes, definitely. Uh, check that show out. The what is it? Robin a lonely place for dying? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, lonely uh, place for living. Thank you. I knew I had that wrong. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So the first at the time of this recording, the first episode just dropped. Go there after you listen to us if you haven't heard it already and download it. Uh, every I was blown away by the yeah. cast and the vocal talent was outstanding. From some of our podcast friends, those mm-hmm. people did an awesome job.
1: Yeah, well done. And so their new- voices
2: <laughs> doing doing some little bit of audio drama there It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that people should definitely check that out. That's a something brand new that I think uh, is is a is a format that really works well. Absolutely. Okay. So do you have anything else?
2: That's all I have. Oh,
1: fantastic. A great bunch of friends that we have out there. That's all we have for today. Now, Chris, this is our if I'm if my math is right, it's our thirty fifth episode. Thirty I wow, did not know that. Yeah. So wow. oh. good good. High five. Good work, partner. Good same to you. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Same to you, my friend. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah,
1: oh, we're having a great time.
2: I'm just going to keep on doing
1: this. Yeah, actually, for another couple hours while we do the next show. (laughs) (laughs) We just can't stop. (laughs) So please join us in a couple of weeks when Chris and I will cover Nightwing Freefall. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners.
0: It's been seven days since last week's poll. What will Batman do today? Will he be tangled with pain, or it shall go? Will he know how to get away? Since the last pull, I've been worrying my poor little eyes out, and it's nothing but nothing but that the rock can cure. It's bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners, we know.